Welcome to Hanging at the Hangar Bar. I'm Scott. I'm Candace. I'm Lariah. And I'm Lacey. Grab a drink and come hang with us at the Hangar Bar. Welcome back to Hanging at the Hangar Bar. We are super glad to have you here. Today, we're going to go a little oceany. We're going to talk about cruises. We're going to talk about beach experiences with Disney. I, I don't know where this conversation is going to take us, but it's the first time we've talked about cruising. So we just want to try and get to as much as we can in the next half hour or 45 minutes and, and go from there. But before we jump into the episode, let's talk a little bit about how you can interact with us. You can get a hold of us at our Instagram or our Facebook pages, which are hanging at the hangar bar. We are we would love to hear from you there in terms of anything that you want to talk about, future episode ideas or just anything at all that you want to talk about us with, we want to interact. And then also share this podcast. If you're enjoying it, share it. Send uh let your socials know. The the best way you can share the the things you like is by finding ways to share it with your friends. Um, if you're old like me, you can send out an email blast to everybody you have an email address for. Or if you're one of the, the young, hip, with it kids, you can make a TikTok about how cool our, our podcast is. Um, if we say something dumb, maybe duet that or something like that. I don't know. Lorraine is giving me all sorts of dirty looks right now. So, <laughs> Okay, so let's jump into cruising. Do yes, we like... Do we like Disney cruises? Yes. Well, for now, yes. Ooh, what's that mean? We'll we'll get there. Okay. I kind of <laughs> want to go there now. It's it sounds like a great way to start. Like, let's not do a teaser. That's not fair. All right. Fine. So Scott and I have completed the fleet. We've been on all four of the Disney ships that are currently sailing. We have the Wish, right? Yes, that's the next one. Launching this summer. Um, then there are two more yet to follow. And they're going to be bigger than any of the fleet up to this point. And they're all going to be sister ships. So everything on them is going to be the same as what it is on the Wish. The Magic and the Wonder, which are the two smaller ships, and the first two of the fleet, are by far my favorite. Um, they just feel very appropriate and not overdone and they feel almost luxurious in my opinion disney does a fantastic job on the cruise ships of with us traveling without children because we don't have children there are specific areas of the ship that are reserved for adults only um, this includes nightclubs this includes um, pool areas on the ship just a lot of different things that if you don't want to see a child you don't see children with that said, I think seeing the direction they're going with the new ships and some of the things that are launching on the Wish, um, they're moving more away from the typical cruise experience uh, and more toward the shoving Disney down your throat. And I don't know that I am their demographic anymore mm. because because, Tell us some of the things that you've seen that lead you to that. Okay. Well, like on the on the four original ships, the Magic Wonder, Fantasy, and Dream. Yes. yes. You have your typical dining experiences, which on a cruise ship, if you've never been before, you can have whatever you want. 
and the menus are broken up in like appetizers, mains, desserts, whatever. And if it's lobster night and you want four lobsters, you can have four lobsters. But all of that takes time to get through. And like one of the restaurants on board the ships is called Animator's Palette, which is a different show on the magic and the wonder versus what it is on the dream and the fantasy. That particular experience is a show with dinner. It's not dinner and a show. It's a show with dinner. And the pace they have to take that dinner through to get all of the courses to match up with the show is too fast for my preference. Like, and it's not because I'm ordering four lobsters either. It's just, I mean, I feel like it's such a rush process that I don't get time to really enjoy the experience. Some of the other restaurants or the, all of the other restaurants actually are not that way on the other ships. It's a dining room where you go and you sit down and you enjoy and you have conversation and all of this without all the 10 things to watch and 14 things to pay attention to. And I appreciate that a lot better, but seeing what's coming up on the wish, it seems like they're doing more of that show with dinner sort of thing. Like there's a tangled one, there's uh, Tiana. Um, those aren't just the wish. Those are on the um, dream and the fantasy. Are they now? Yeah, they. That's where they started those. The the tangled show as part of dinner is um, one of the current dining experiences. The um, Princess and the Frog one. Tiana is one of the restaurants that you go to. Okay. Is, has part of it. Okay. But it's more of that show with dinner feel. And so I think that they're kind of getting away from that really, like, I don't know that foodie type people who want to go and maybe experience some new things that they've never had before and really give it time to enjoy what you're eating and have an experience of a meal rather than listening to the same Disney shows that you've heard 87 times and seeing all your familiar character, which is great for kids. Don't get me wrong. And this is where I say I may not be the correct demographic anymore. I don't need that. So I would probably, if it goes more that direction, I'm going to book myself into Palo or Remy every single night of my cruise, because that's the experience I look for when I go on a cruise. If I want to go to a show, I'm going to go have my dinner at Palo and Remy or Remy and then go to the theater and watch a show. I don't need to do both at the same time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's a lot to unpack there, Candace. I know. <laughs> so let's hit the rewind button. I think we'll get into a lot of those because I everything you said, I am a hundred percent in agreement with. Like, they're 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 relying too much currently on the entertainment value and the Disney i again Disney IP to be to drive the experience like they're trying to force fun upon you instead of just setting things up and saying hey do this if you want and and have the fun that you want to have which is I, unfortunately i think that's all the cruise industry right now is that's the trend that they're going and like we won't spend a lot of time talking non-Disney, but Candace and I are going on a non-Disney cruise later this year. And that's one of the things that is, we've been watching about that line. I've, I've made the comment to Candace a couple of times. I, I, I said, I hope they don't try too hard to make me have fun. Mm -hmm. I, that's one of the things that concerns me. I'm going on vacation to relax. 
not that's right. why Candace and I won't go on a Marvel at Sea cruise. We won't go to the Star Wars cruises because as much as I like those IPs, I that's not what I go on a cruise for. That's not why I'm I'm out to be on the ocean. I'm out to be on the beach. I there's nothing that screams to me that you're trying too hard than spending all your time on a cruise inside waiting for autographs from from characters. It, I don't want it to be an extension of the theme park. And right. Wrong. Like the talent that's on board those ships and as the performers on, on Disney ships, there's nothing in the cruise industry that can compete with it. It is amazing. It is Broadway level caliber. Um, just fantastic, fantastic talent. So I don't want to go into this thinking, oh, they're terrible. We've seen terrible. Trust me. On a cruise ship, we have seen terrible. Not a Disney cruise ship, but we're not taking anything away from the performers or the cast members. The crews have been fantastic. We still have friends on Facebook that were crew members on a cruise that we took back in 2007, I think it was. And they're just, like all cast members, they are just magical, magical, wonderful people. And we love the we love them to death. But for me, and I think for Scott, we don't go on a cruise ship to experience the stress and in your face of a theme park. Right. Well, and we've talked about this in plenty of our episodes, but I'm going to bring it up again because I think it applies to this. And we're living in a world now where everyone needs to be constantly entertained. You're standing in line somewhere and it's a longer line that's like going to take more than three minutes. You pull out your phone, you know, and I think that that is which is a really sad place that we're getting to where we just constantly need to be entertained. And when I think back to our cruise, we took back so many memories with us during our meals when we were seated with another family who we (laughs) have lots of stories amongst ourselves that like we laugh about and just imagine if we went like of course we would take back the show part like if we were being entertained but like we actually sat there enjoyed conversation or maybe enjoyed isn't the right word but we made conversation we enjoyed our food I can remember almost every single meal that we went and we are foodie people where we enjoy trying new things. We enjoy food. We also like to cook too. So I think having the food being the main event for that time and just sitting, enjoying a meal is really important. And I I agree with you, Candice. I think that's really sad that we're heading to in that direction where they need to incorporate like super like entertainment while you're eating. Yeah. Okay. So let's go to something. Let's change directions a little bit, just because I I know this episode could end up being four hours long if we weren't careful. So, because there's just so much to talk about and so much to do and so many good experiences that we've had. So let's go back and just sort of explain for those that maybe haven't been on a cruise 
sort of what the experience is like. So there's a couple different ways that you can, like, we've only sailed out of Port Canaveral, right, Candace? Mm-hmm. We've never taken a Disney ship out of Miami. Correct. Okay. So we've only gone out of Port Canaveral, meaning we've gone through Disney to get there. We fly into Orlando and go from there. Mm-hmm. We've talked in the the past in past episodes where we've taken a couple park days before we go on a cruise. That so that's like our first kind of life hack when it comes to both parks and cruising. Mm-hmm. Do your parks first. Yes. If you're planning that trip, don't say, "Hey, I'm going to take a four day cruise and then come back to the parks for three days." Do it the flip side. Do three days in the parks beforehand if you can, and then your four-day cruise after that. And the reason why, and then I'll let um, everybody else kind of speak to um, their experience with that as well. My Why I think it's a life hack to do the parks first is there's so much hustle and bustle that goes with the parks. and so much go, 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 and things to see and things to do. Just the nature of a typical Disney parks vacation. Then you get on that beautiful magic express it's it's not magic express anymore but you get on that beautiful bus that takes you to the cruise and they're playing videos about the cruise cartoons all trivia trivia all kinds of fun stuff and you get there to the the port canaveral and it's disney has their own concourse that you go into and you just go through check in all of that kind of stuff you step foot on that ship, you can feel yourself relaxing. Mm-hmm. If you don't do, if you are doing the parks afterwards, you're going to spend all that time decompressing only to come back and have to sort of live into that hustle bustle of a Disney vacation again. So that's, would Lacey, Candace, would you agree that that's the way to do that? Or would you say something different? I agree with you. I agree. But... Maybe- even if you're not going to the parks ahead of time and you're just doing like a longer Disney cruise or something like that, pro-life travel hack, no matter what, if you are going on a cruise, do not wait until the day of your sailing to fly into your location. When you're building out the expense of your cruise, you'll also want to plan your flights to fly in the day before and have a hotel locked and ready to go for that night before and then transfers to the ship port or an Uber or a taxi or something, because you don't want to let a delay in your flights. Have you missed the ship because they don't hold the ship? Yeah. That ship will not wait for you at all. No, not even for a minute. And that, so thinking about um, the ship, not waiting for you, getting back on the ship on time from your shore excursions is important too. About the only time Disney Cruise will not leave without you is if you're on their private island, but I'm not convinced they wouldn't just leave you there too and say you have to wait and get on the next ship, which, wait, why haven't we tried that? <laughs> I, I could live on, on Castaway Key for a couple days. Same. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> They might put you to work, though, and I don't know that I want to work that hard. Yeah, that would be a lot of work, especially without electricity. Yeah. Yeah, so get a hotel. And for a Disney cruise, I suggest getting a Disney hotel because that way you can take the Disney transportation that's built into your cruise price. Mm-hmm. Um, and Disney will take you directly from the airport to the cruise terminal. But again, if 
flights are notoriously late. If things get delayed, you get a plane breaks down. All of a sudden, you can't make it to Orlando until five o'clock in the afternoon. You're gonna you're you're gonna have to pay at your expense to get to the first port of call when they can get you on that ship. So make sure you get there, and that's not a factor that you have to worry about. Okay. Lacey, what's your favorite part of cruising? Uh, that's really hard. Um, that's what she said. Um, <laughs> no, but she did. <laughs> <laughs> no time. Um, man, this is so difficult because I love, and you two know this, I loved beach day. That was one of my favorite days ever because it was my first time seeing the ocean being in the ocean. And I was probably the happiest on beach day. But I want to say when Candace and I sat on the adult side only and we had our own spot and just we're we're into reading books like Candace and I love reading books. Scott, I'm not sure if you're so much as into reading books. No. Okay. No. I thought not, but I didn't want to assume. Um, Candace and I love to read and we brought a book and just read while we were just sailing the ocean. And that moment was so wonderful, but beach day was really fun. And so when you're talking beach day, you're talking castaway key beach day. Oh, 100%. Have you, have you been on a cruise that had a beach day anywhere but castaway key? No, that's the only cruise I've ever been on. Okay, just, was that the only port of call on that trip? No, we also went to Nassau, but we decided to stay on the ship because Nassau's oh, kind of right. trash. Yeah, they don't have very good excursions in Nassau. No, and it's dangerous to get out and just walk around. Yeah, my I, least. He says it's dangerous. Yeah, least favorite port of call for sure is Nassau. Candace, what's your favorite part of cruising? Um, I have several. Um, the high point though is I think just being on the ocean because it's an amazing thing to me. I also like the fact that you only have to unpack once. And you potentially get to see two, three, four places that you've maybe never been before. Or if you have been there, you can try something new, like a different excursion. And then you just go back to, like, once you've had this sort of adventurous, kind of maybe scary, somewhat anxiety-inducing day because of new things, then you go back to something that's comfortable in the way of your stateroom on your ship and you know how things work and you know where your stuff is. And it's all good. And then you can relax and have a good night. And you have a fantastic meal and talk about what you did that day. Yes. Yeah. For me, it's at sea days. Yeah. I am someone who is, I, I get bored easily. Like Candace, it drives her nuts. Cause I, I think she doesn't <laughs> believe me when, when I say that at sea days are my favorite. Um, just because I still find a way to like, let's go find something to do. Let's go do this. Or I don't want to miss. It's a FOMO thing, um, especially on a ship with a hundred different things going on. Where where can I, all of them look interesting. I want to try all the things. 
And but those days where you start off and you're just like, okay, I'm gonna go hang out by the pool and I'm gonna turn my deck chair around instead of looking at a pool, I'm gonna turn my deck chair around and watch the ocean go by. Mm. And just I love those days where you just kind of hang out, let let the servers bring you pina coladas. And so I just love it. Spending an hour and a half, two hours just hanging out in the pool, that getting into the pool, hanging out and sort of feeling the waves sort of crash around as the ship kind of sways back and forth. And when I say the ship swaying back and forth, for the most part, you don't feel that ship waving back and forth. You can sometimes tell, but it's they're big enough that you really, it doesn't feel, I'm not talking about leaning 45 degrees both directions, so it's not whipping you around. But like you can tell in the water how even in the pools, the water kind of moves with you. Mm -hmm. And it's just everything about those those at sea days are are my favorite. What about sail away party? Let's talk. So those so far we've talked about a lot of favorite things on cruises that um, are not necessarily Disney specific. What do we think of the sail away party on Disney ships? I didn't like it. <laughs> So what didn't you like about it? I I felt like it was more, which is fine, but it was more aimed for kids and stuff, which is cool. But like my like perfect sail away party is me going to the bar, grabbing an alcoholic beverage and just sitting down and watching us leave quietly, you know, just like goodbye land. I'm going to go relax for the next few days. Candace, what do you you kind of curled your nose a little bit at the sail away party as well? Well, again, like Lacey said, I it's it's very very evident that it's geared toward the little kids because um, you've got the characters there, you've got the crew members there that are going to be interacting with them for the entire cruise because they're uh, kids club leaders and that sort of thing. Um, and I think it's fine. And it's a good experience to have maybe once just so you can see what's going on. Um, but maybe not even stay for the whole thing because we know other areas of the ship that aren't so far away from main deck that are a lot more quiet, a lot more comfortable, and that have an easy access to a bar where you can do exactly what Lacey said and just, just watch Florida or wherever we're sailing from disappear. Yeah, I, I, I think I agree. The sail away party is fun to do once. It's it's entertaining. Again, good entertainment. But I, I was actually just kind of going to go look for our Disney vacation pictures from 2014 and see if like some of my favorite pictures of that sail away were us finding that little spot at the like on the 12th deck. Yep. We each had a drink. We were sitting in a chair and just you could feel the stress melting away. And that, and yeah, and again, you can do that on any cruise line, but I, I think the service elevation on the Disney cruise line is really what makes it different. And you're sitting in that spot watching the kind of Miami or Port Canaveral fade away into smallness and with your drink in your hand thinking about, okay, what's, this is going to be an awesome trip. 
and talking about this is what I'm looking forward to and not having to have that Disney thrown at you. I, I would agree. Mm -hmm. Something else Disney does differently than any other cruise line is they have a fireworks show. They have their pirate night at sea. Talk, let's talk about that for a, a couple minutes. It was okay. The fireworks are really cool. Probably my favorite part. Um, but honestly, if we or if myself were ever to go on a Disney cruise ship, I think I would personally skip it. I saw it once. I mean, maybe I would head out when the fireworks were going because Disney fireworks is, you know, the best kind. I'm not a huge fan of fireworks, but Disney knows how to do it. Um, but the whole party in itself, another thing aimed mostly for kids, which is fine. Um, but I, when I'm on a cruise, like you said, I just want to relax and drink and just not dance around and party, you know? <laughs> not that I do that anyway, but... <laughs> I, I'm going to disagree a little bit, Lacey, just on the fireworks um, party. I think that Pirates Night theming and sort of giving you the the armband or the headband the the bandana that's pirate night that show is super cute super fun it's not all disney music there's a little bit of disney music thrown in but um i'm with i'm with you in that i'm not a big dance party type of person so i'm not going to go down to the main pool deck and dance around and be with all that noise but being up and sort of watching that show as what it is is a show to watch and then having that turn around into the fireworks is to me it's it's just one of the things that raises disney above any other cruise line that i've been on candace what do you think i guess it's okay the show for what it is i, I think if you're going to go on a disney cruise you'd be remiss if it's your first disney cruise to not participate in it um, if you've been on more than one Disney cruise, I think it's purely a judgment call on how you're feeling that day and what you want to do. Because I don't think, I mean, it's not any different from ones that you've seen previously. So you're not missing out on anything if you don't go. And there's other things to do elsewhere on the ship. The thing with Pirate Night is that they do a special dinner to go along with it. So I think as con from continuity standpoint, you may be missing out a little bit if you don't go. But again, I think that would be a first, the first time around sort of situation and not so much a repeat event. I'm not sure I would do it again. I'd do it again in a heartbeat. I'd be up on that deck dancing and watching the fireworks. Heck yeah. <laughs> you. <laughs> <laughs> it's too funny yeah okay so those are two kind of different things that disney does um let's talk about apollo i'm just trying to think as we try and and keep this episode at a reasonable length i'm trying to think of the things that we want to talk about knowing full well that we can expound into other episodes in the future um, but I, I think Paulo is something that the three of us have experienced that we should talk about. Um, and then we're going to bring Lariah into this one. She's been quiet because she hasn't been on a cruise. We're going to bring her in after we talk about Paulo. Yeah, we're going to get her on a ship. Yeah. Yes. That's, we'll get there in just a minute. So Paulo, let's talk about Paulo first. 
thoughts uh, on Paulo as an experience and the food and all of that? Don't sleep on it. Do it. Yeah. Well, with that, I will say, if you're over the age of 18, do it. Mm -hmm. They allow children's. So put your kids in kids club and go have a nice, lovely, delicious Northern Italian themed dinner. Yeah, that's what I was going to say is it's an Italian themed restaurant. So think about that in terms of the, the food. It's fancy pants. It, it's an amazing restaurant with views looking out over the entire ship. Like it's, it's on the, aft of the ship right um or at least that's is it on the yes aft? it's on the aft okay so and it's windows all around so um at night you obviously can't see much except for looking out on the horizon seeing other ships and that kind of thing um but daytime it provides beautiful views and i've actually heard we haven't done this and it's one of the things i want to try on next time we go on a disney cruise is palo for brunch slash lunch mm -hmm. is one of the ways to go um, so that's definitely something I'm looking forward to trying next time we're there. But the food at Palo and like you think Disney park service is good. Mm -hmm. Disney cruise service is excellent. Disney Palo service, phenomenal on a yeah. completely different level. They they just treat you so well and the food is so good. It, yeah, I there, I have nothing bad to say about Palo. Yeah, it was one of the most memorable dining experiences that I've ever had within Disney. Um, I remember our waitress was from Australia, or at least she had an Australian accent. And her voice reminded me of Jane from Tarzan. A little bit. Like, she just had a raspy... I just remember her very, very vividly. And... Um, she was so nice and offered like um, recommendations. And when you two were trying to sell me on the chocolate souffle, even oh. though I wasn't fighting it, she <laughs> had to chime in and say, you're not leaving this restaurant unless you have some chocolate souffle. And I was like, I, I yes, bring it, bring it to me, which you guys weren't lying. It's, one of the most amazing desserts ever. So, and just for those listening, the chocolate souffle at Palo, you have to order it before your dinner mm -hmm. because they are making the souffle fresh for you. And then it comes with two different sauces. And yeah, you have to, you have to have it. And I'm not a big chocolate person. So, and they actually have a non chocolate version of it now, but mm -hmm. that's that chocolate souffle is to die for it. It's phenomenal. And the first time Candace ever had a true tuna steak was at Palo. And mm -hmm. like, who knew that tuna was cooked to order? Like the, Candace said, I want the tuna. And they're like, how do you want that done? And it's like, uh, uh cooked? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want it swimming anymore, please. <laughs> so yeah. And, and that's the thing about, like we mentioned it earlier that about cruises and Paulo and Paulo specifically, I'm having trouble with my command of the English language today. 
is trying new things and figuring out new things and learning about what you like and what you don't like. The first time I ever had escargot was on a cruise ship. And mm-hmm. now I would order it almost anywhere. It It's one of those things that I just I'd like. And I never would have thought that snail would be something I would eat until I got the chance to try it in a completely safe environment. And if I didn't like it, I didn't have to eat it. And it just, Palo is one of those places that I've, again, nothing bad to say at all. Um, Okay, so Lariah, your thoughts on cruising in general? You know, they've kind of changed back when you all, like specifically Lacey on her first cruise is the first time I knew that Disney had a cruise line. And my first ever thoughts were no way, like you couldn't, I'm very scared of being stranded in the ocean. And all I was thinking about was the Titanic because that movie has scarred me. So that's my first thought when, you know, thinking about ships in the middle of the ocean scares the living crap out of me. But the more you guys talk about it, the more I'm like, I think I could get on a cruise ship. I think I really want to experience that. Even though I'm terrified, I feel like I would feel safer with you all. But I think it is something I need to experience. Mm -hmm. I don't know if Lacey would make you feel safer on a cruise ship. Probably not. I can about see the, I'm going to throw you over the balcony if you don't stop bothering me kind of conversation happening. You know us well. (laughs) And play leapfrog. (laughs) Which, don't ever do that. Just, no. It's a bad idea. Don't. (laughs) And yet it's happened, but not with Disney. But anyway, go on. Yeah. So, Lariah doesn't like the idea of being stranded out in the middle of the ocean. Lacey, Candace, how would you help her overcome that fear? There's just so much to do on a cruise ship that if you don't even want to look outside at the ocean, you don't have to. There's so much going on to where if all you want to do is stay inside, you can. I mean, I don't recommend it, but you can. Well, and I think part of that, too, is getting to the ship and getting on board early enough so that you can kind of explore everything there is to do in all the different areas of the ship before you actually sail away. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think it's good to get yourself established as far as where your stateroom is, as far as where the dining rooms are, as where the, this, the stairs and the elevators are, and, like because of the Titanic and everything that happened with that ship, that's why they make you do a muster station drill where if something happens to that ship, you're going to know where you need to be in order to be okay. And there are plenty of room. There's plenty of room on all of the lifeboats that everybody is going to be able to get off the ship. Um, But I think just taking those things in mind and then like sitting down in a an area of the ship that looks really, really comfortable to you and just kind of chilling out. And even if it's not outside on one of the top decks, maybe it is, but have a drink, just kind of let yourself relax into what you're going to be experiencing for the next few days. And whether that includes going to the buffet and having a quick lunch before you sail away, because that's, it's an option. The buffet is open once you get on board. 
So you can go have lunch. You can go find a drink. You can go find the spa. You can go put on your swimsuit and take a dip in the pool if you want. Just kind of realizing that you're basically on a floating hotel. And it's not some tiny little boat that's going to toss you back and forth and back and forth. And then, like, if you can get used to looking out at the horizon rather than down at the water, I think that makes a big difference. Mm -hmm. Okay. Totally. I agree with that. And, Lorea, there's no icebergs in the Caribbean. No, there are not. Okay. <laughs> being so into space and everything like this, I will tell you that there is nothing quite like the canopy of stars that you will see on board a cruise ship. Yeah. Okay. That, um, there's that, no streetlights on the ocean. No, there are no streetlights on the ocean either. Yeah. That's good. Well, I'm not scared of the dark at all. So, well, I we meant that they won't interrupt the stars. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah, so cruising to me is, like, I love cruising. I know it's not the most environmentally friendly way to travel, but I just, like Candace said, it's everything you want it to be in one place, just with ocean views all the way around you. There's, like, and you think, it sounds scary when you think about it, but you go up to deck 13 on an at-sea day and you do a 360-degree turn, you don't see land. It kind of is surreal, but you also, when you look at the map that's in your on your television in your room, you know you're 20 miles from land. Yeah, you just can't see yeah. it. Like down in the Caribbean, there's so many little islands that are dotted here and there. Like you'll at one point on one of our cruises, we were within 10 miles of Cuba. So we like the captain came on and said, if you look off to the port side, you can see Cuba over there. So, and there's so much, like, if there's an emergency that happens, you're not far away. It's not like it's a transatlantic. That's a cruise I really want to take, though, mm -hmm. is a transatlantic cruise. Um, just spend, like, seven or eight days in a row just at sea going across the ocean. Um, but when you're sailing, most of their itineraries are down in the Caribbean or, or the Gulf of Mexico, that kind of thing. Um, you're within miles of land. Mm -hmm. You okay. just might not be able to see it. That, and I mean, there, there are medical facilities on board. Um, so if you happen to get sick or need something, they're going to be able to help you. And if it's serious enough, they'll call a helicopter to land on the ship and take you to a hospital. That costs a lot of money. <laughs> um, Buy trip insurance. Yes, travel insurance is very, very important. But I'll say that for any travel anywhere. Um, travel insurance is very important because, I mean, an airlift off a cruise ship, about six years ago was about $30,000. So it's possible, but it's expensive. But my whole point in saying that is it's not like you're on your own for anything. And mm -hmm. like Disney service is so fantastic. If you want something or you think something would improve your trip or enhance your trip, all you have to do is ask. And they'll do everything in their power to make it happen. They're fantastic. Mm -hmm. Would I be able to assist the captain of the ship? No. No. Be the first mate? No. no. <laughs> you can be Captain Mickey's second mate. Because I think on the current ships, Minnie is the first mate. Or Donald or Goofy. Uh... But you can be Captain Mickey's second mate, I'm sure. 
But on the new ships, like the the uh, Wish, Captain Minnie is the captain, which I think is awesome. Ooh, That's really like cool. That. Mm-hmm. Girl power. Yeah. That's right. Okay. We kind of went all over the place with this cruise discussion. And and I think it was a good introduction to cruises, cruising in general, but also Disney cruises. So we have so much more that we can talk about in future episodes. Dining on board, entertainment on board, nightclubs on board. Um, we're going to wrap this one up here. But if there's things that you want to hear about specifically about cruising, again, Candace and I have completed the current fleet. We've been on all four ships. It's been a while since we've been on a Disney cruise um, just because of COVID and that kind of thing. But um we're happy to talk about anything, our experiences, if you're wondering about shore excursions, that's another possible topic of conversation. Um, we'll get into all of that again. We could have made this one an, a marathon episode of just talking about all things cruising, but I think this is a good foray into it. Any last thoughts from the group on cruising as a general or in general, not as a general? Okay, then let's wrap this one up for, for this week. Again, hanging at the hangar bar on our, our socials and let us know what you want to hear us talk about. We we do take your feedback and we, we incorporate it into our episodes and we'd love to have you tell us more. And remember, there's always a great, big, beautiful tomorrow. See you real soon.